0: Let's pray and we'll get started. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to meet. Uh, thank you for your word, this truth. Uh, thank you for just, um, you know, the work of ministry that is before us as a church. And uh, it is uh, a great opportunity and responsibility. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to take it to the streets and adopt a street this year, uh, along with the the ministry of... of um, You know volleyball and Christ Soccer Academy and uh, Easter service that'll be coming up, and then after that, church in the park and the opportunities to get in the community uh, along the way through uh, uh, Fourth of July and so on and so forth. VBS, Lord, uh, there's a there's a world out here that is going to increasingly need um, what we have, and that's you, Lord. We don't really have anything to offer uh, as far as uh, you know the best and the brightest, but we have Jesus, and we have Doctrine, and we know what we know where we're going, and we know where the peace of God is found, and it's in you. And so, Father, I pray that you would just encourage us as we. Continue to accomplish your mission, your power, for your glory. Pray for this teaching tonight uh, in times like these, which is an appropriate uh, topic uh, for where we are in time. Uh, pray for Sharon. Lord, help her hearing aids to help her hear. Um, and what, Lord, it's kind of echoey in here, so I'm sure it's probably not easy for her hearing aids. So we do pray, God, you help, help in that. And uh, just uh, pray, Lord, for the, the men like uh, Jeff Trude, who are, you know, he's recovering from his eye surgery, and uh, Lord, just help our prayer tonight as we get into the prayer meeting. We just uh, pray that this Bible teaching will be encouraging. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, well, uh, just uh, by way of introduction, so we have looked at complete men in uh, verses uh, 10 through 12, and we did do that, um, and so we're going to look at tonight, we're going to look at... Uh, Complete men consider the foolishness of corrupt men, and so uh, the glasses there represent the the, the the difference between complete men and corrupt men and the, obviously the purity and the and the filthiness there. so uh, for time's sake and text, I, I don't want to take on too much, so let's just read verses uh, ten through thirteen. We've been over and over these passages, so uh, just starting off though before I get into the reading, remember verse one, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Uh, and men shall be lovers of their own selves. And it just takes off from there. Uh, we pick it up with Timothy. Now, t- Paul kind of turns the corner and he says, But, uh, conjunction, junction. what's your function? Thou, thou hast fully known my doctrine. Right. In, in contrast to all of that corruption in verses 2 through 9, um, you know my doctrine. You know what I teach. But thou hast known... Fully known uh, my doctrine, uh, manner of life, what I teach, what I live, um, purpose, right? You know what I'm about. Faith, you know that I walk by faith, Timothy. Long suffering, charity, patience, right? These are the things that he's seen in in Paul. Uh, Persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at, at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. Uh, which I alluded to slightly this morning, Uh, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yea, we get to look forward to that. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, And that takes me as far as I need to go to start our outline. So um, on the top of your outline is just a review. Uh, The complete men consider the fruit of the Father. Contrast the fruit between complete men and corrupt men. Count on the fertilizer of fruitfulness. And that is where we left off, which was persecution. Um, And so now we're talking about the complete men consider the foolishness of corrupt men. And point A, evil men and seducers have their own spiritual growth process. How about that? And we haven't covered this. I know that. All right. So I'm getting my bearings. Uh, The word wax, uh, you know, not like wax on, wax off, uh, which means grow or expand. Okay? It means grow or expand. So when we think of wax, we're thinking about what you buff your car with. But that's not what we're talking about. Uh, These men are going to grow or expand. That's what he says there. Evil men and seducers shall wax. They're going to grow or expand. So... line A... Spiritual growth process. Amy, did you need an outline? Did I give you one? Okay, sorry. (laughs) Spiritual. Oh, sorry. Yeah, spiritual growth process. And and I got of course you remember um, we saw the eighteen attributes listed of corrupt men, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal Um, the nine attributes we saw in Paul's life and then we'll look at the the spiritual growth uh, process which is not a good one of of, uh, evil men and seducers. So as we think about uh, waxing in verse 13 um, we understand how candle wax melts and takes the shape of the objects beneath it. So these corrupt men are not going to be won by our arguments or even our lifestyle. Timothy's won by Paul's lifestyle. Timothy is, he's got credibility with Timothy, Paul does, uh, but it's not going to happen with evil men and seducers. They don't care about our lifestyle. They don't really give a rip. And so uh, these corrupt men are not going to be won by our arguments either. Um, they don't really, they don't care. Uh, they're going to grow ever darker uh, as we proclaim the gospel. As we get brighter, they get darker. So these are the last times. So just read it and know it. Okay. Um, As I'm saying that to you, it's good for me to rehearse these things because I gotta. You ever get frustrated? You're like, oh, why don't they get it? And and Paul's like, don't sweat it. They're gonna wax, right? They're gonna continue in in, in in worse and worse. He says in verse 13, they're gonna wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. How can they deceive? How can they say this? And, of course, at the same time, as they're deceiving, they're going to be deceived. So, uh, so they're going to grow ever darker as we proclaim the truth. So um, evil men and seducers, now this is something we have covered, is the 18 attributes that we saw in verses uh, 2 through 4. So let's just quickly review those. So uh, we grow in nine attributes that we saw in Paul's life, um, and that's point 3. But before we get to that, let me just go back and look at verses 2 and 4. So here's the attributes, the spiritual uh, degeneration, I guess we could say, or, this, or the spiritual growth process that I mentioned in point A, um, is, is found in verses 2 and 3. It's, a, he's, it's evil men, uh, or for men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's where it starts. You know, I'm really something. And then they're covetous, and they're boasters, and they're proud, and they're blasphemers. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, uh, despisers of those that are good, and they can't control themselves. They're incontinent. They're fierce. Uh, they're, 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 they they are despisers of those that are good. I mean, they hate the good the good people. Um, Traders, uh, heady. You know, full of the you know um, full of themselves, high-minded uh, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God I mean I mean can have we do we not see these things <laughs> very clearly? I mean this Paul called it, you know uh, he saw it coming, and of course, in the first century they had the same thing i mean who did who did Paul stand before at length Nero, right and Nero, and this is the second epistle. Right uh, to Timothy. So this this isn't his imprisonment where he gets sprung. This is the imprisonment where he goes and gets his head chopped off. And so uh, and so here he is really describing Nero, uh, the, the 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 one of the you know uh, the extensions of Daniel's prophecy. Part of that prophecy extension uh, of the ten toes that lasts all the way down to today. Right, and so. So we could go a little deeper on that, but for, for time's sake, I won't. But there, you know, when you think about what Paul's saying and who Paul is and what time it is in the church age and what Paul is saying, it really does resonate throughout history. And there's a reason that today you see these same attributes because our whole system is set up upon Romanesque. The Western world is set up on Romanesque principles with the same principalities and powers, just a different generation with the same attributes of darkness that existed in the first century at the first coming. We'll be here again at the second coming, and we already know from Daniel's prophecy, and I can't get that out of my head because I'm teaching that, right, on, on, on Wednesday night, that uh, when you look at that, that image in Daniel chapter 2, the kingdoms of this world, the last one is that, that Roman kingdom that's been around since the first coming of Christ. All right, so so no coincidence. All right, so those eighteen there's eighteen as you go through and count those up there's eighteen, of course, and you know that eighteen is six plus six plus six and is a type of the Antichrist um, attributes as well and uh, um, and so I got some other notes in here, but for time's sake we're not those are marginal notes in my Bible, so I'm not going to go to those all right so it's not a Bible study so much <clears throat> so uh, we grow in nine attributes uh, ourselves in verses ten and eleven, which we read earlier, and I, I kind of went slowly over them. Um, and I don't think I put those in your in your notes here, but uh, uh, the the blank would be nine attributes. And if you don't have those, um, uh, the the first one is doctrine, uh, and they're right there in the text in verse ten, right? The teaching of Paul, his manner of life is the second one, the purpose is the third one his faith is the fourth one his long suffering is the fifth one charity is the uh, sixth one Uh, patience is the seventh one persecution is the eighth one and affliction is the ninth one so that's just a coincidence that there's eighteen attributes to the godless men the corrupt men and there is nine attributes to the complete man and of course it's not a coincidence it's the fruit of the spirit right Galatians chapter 5 And so uh, you see nine attributes listed differently. But Paul says doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions. Some of those are direct crossovers uh, to uh, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, by the way. And so I haven't actually done a study on that. That would be worthy of further study, uh, taking those nine attributes and cross-referencing them over to to Galatians 5. But I haven't done that work. So as we successfully grow through the, the pressure... Number four there, pressure of persecution. By the power of God's Holy Spirit, evil men will continue to grow worse and worse, as the text says there. Uh, and so in your outline, I noticed number four is in the wrong location, but it won't hurt anything. It's just an aesthetic problem. So pressure of persecution. And so, uh, you know, as you as I've meditated on this, I'm reminded of the great preachers before the flood of Noah who preached faithfully to an ever-increasingly dark and dying world. And I say preachers. I'm sure there was more than one, but there's one that's that's recorded, and I put it in your notes, and that's obviously Enoch. So there were faithful preachers in a very dark time. Enoch was the seventh from Adam, uh, Jude says in verse 14, prophesied of these sayings, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. That's stuff we were talking about just this morning. To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which have ungodly committed and all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are uh, murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. So they, these people, are, they're about people pleasing uh, for the sake of advancing their agenda. But, beloved, right, that's us. Uh, and it's also the tribulation saints coming up. But, but, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last days who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves uh, sensual Notice how they separate themselves. You think of you don't think of that, but they they separate themselves. They're sensual, having not the spirit. So those that's by the way, verse nineteen. That's asceticism. Um, and so there's elitists, of course, that separate themselves. That's kind of the social construct that we see. But there's also going to be a religious aspect where there's people who to, who pretend to be holy, in an ascetic sense, as in the first century, uh, acting as though they're more spiritual than you, but they're not. And that's going to continue on into the, the tribulation after the church is taken away. Uh, so these are these are they separate themselves, they're, but they're sensual, not having uh, having not the spirit. You know who was like that, by the way, Paul. Uh, I was in uh, I don't know if it was where was I teaching that at? Oh, it was in it's in the real life class a couple weeks ago, where Paul, right? Paul's a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and he says it himself concerning the law, blameless right he never did he was keeping the law but yet in romans he says i was full of lasciviousness i was i uh, 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 i was just full of of lust now, that doesn't mean he acted on all that but he was in torment right because he didn't have the spirit of god he needed the spirit of the living god in, to free him from the bondage of his endemic race his sin nature and he had to realize that that was a bigger problem than even his good rate his 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 hebrew heritage was good but it wasn't good enough Right, he needed he needed the the Messiah that the Hebrews Bible had been promising. Right, and so finally, Paul finally got it. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, but but he, by his own admission, was a religious man, and and an ascetic. Right, when the when the, it came time for the feasts, he kept the feasts. When it came time to shave his head, he shaved his head. When he needed to take a vow, he took a vow. He did that even after he was saved. I and mean, he was very committed to the letter of the law. But yet inside, he was full of he was full of concupiscence. That's what he said uh and he was he was just he was ate up with lust and so um so which it makes me think that he needed the calling that Jesus did to him there on the road to Damascus i mean it had to be spectacular it had to be different because he was he had to be awakened from all this yeah yeah i think that um that's really good Sharon. and i think that when you think about paul and i don't I've, i don't i've thought about that too it's just I think he, I could imagine, I'm just imagining that based on what he says, you know, and then he goes into these people's houses, and they're Jews like him. You know, they're not educated perhaps, but I bet some of them are pretty sharp. You take a guy like Nicodemus, right, who he probably had a real problem with Nicodemus. We don't know what happened to Nicodemus, but probably wasn't good, <laughs> you know. And so Nicodemus and people like, Nic- several of the priests were getting saved, and that had to just fire him up. You know, and as he's going after them with all that zeal for not keeping the law, he sees that, you know what, these people are, they're just as, they're probably holier than I am. You know, and that's what, I think that's what was pricking his heart was that, you know, he knew that, I, mean, I bet in his conscience it was pricked knowing that, you know what, I'm persecuting these people, but they believe what I believe, everything except for Jesus, you know, and and probably. He's seeing holy lives because Jesus has given him grace to live a hot, godly life. you know. And Oh man, I bet that just troubled him at his core. And uh that of Romans 10. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own, own righteousness. righteousness and not themselves unto the righteousness of God. Amen. And that was Paul. Yep. Yep, he was establishing his own righteousness. And nothing wrong with the law, but it was just a schoolmaster to lead him to Christ, you know so so you have that religious kind of bring it back to the text you know of Jude, you will have those that separate themselves religiously, but they're still just full of concupiscence, you know, and they're using that as a fig leaf to cover up what they don't have, which is the spirit of God. Um, and so, and this is what he's reminding in verse 17, uh, you know, of Jude, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mock- mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Um, and so these, uh, these by uh, they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit, but ye, okay, again, but ye, very similar to what we see. In Timothy, 2 Timothy three thirteen, uh, or 3, 3.10, but thou hast fully known. But ye, Jude says, this is to ye all, um, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So what do we do? We build up. While things degenerate around us, what do we do? We build up ourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, keep yourselves in the love of God. That's a commandment here, verse twenty-one. Keep yourselves. It's something you got to be intentional about. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Uh, how do you do that? Well, you in the Word of God and in the family of God, the people of God, and uh, <clears throat> the great commandment, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And uh, and we were talking this morning in real life about that. The um, you know how Paul was suffering, and so were the Macedonians. So they had a kinship in suffering together. Uh, that b- bonded them together in, in a joy that was supernatural. Verse 22, and some have compassion, uh, making a difference. Oh, I, I missed 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Uh, verse 22, and some having compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And so uh, having that wisdom in verse 22 and 23 to know when to be compassionate, uh, and making a difference, you know, and then also uh being like enoch and and preaching that hard message against those hardened sinners, sometimes they need a little skull cracking going on with the word of God, and it 's just the facts and uh and that 's definitely not popular in Laodicea for sure so um, so there you go, so Noah is called a preacher by the Holy Ghost in a time of pending destruction, so there, uh you know. Um, We know that Enoch was a preacher, and Noah was a preacher. Um, As judgment was coming, 2 Peter 2, 5, the Bible says, And spared not the old world, God, didn't spare the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, uh, bringing in the flood upon the world uh, of the ungodly. Now, this is, uh, you could presume that it was just his lifestyle because he's building a boat and nobody's ever needed one, and it's massive. That's part of the preaching, obviously, um, like baptism is preaching because you're, you're proclaiming what's happened. But I do suspect also, uh, you know, as he's, uh, as he's tearing down the forest and, and uh, putting together this boat, he's preaching. He's telling people what's coming. This is what God's told me to do. The God of uh, Adam, he didn't have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's saying, the God of, uh, of uh, Adam. And uh, Seth and uh, and Lamech uh, says this, right? The, the one true God tells me this. This is what I'm doing. You need to get on the boat. And he did it for a hundred years. He did it for a hundred years. That's that's a lot of preaching. And uh, and of course nobody believed him. Uh, and so uh, you know turning. And so he brought the flood upon the world of the ungodly. I just had a question this morning based on what I was preaching and and some other discussion. Somebody was like, how could God allow, this was a crazy question, but it's still a valid one, you know, Nephilims. how could he allow that, you know, before the flood? And then even after the flood, how could there be giants in the, you know? And I was trying to explain to, to the person in the foyer, I'm like, listen, if people would have obeyed what they knew at the time, there wouldn't have been giants. I said, the reason there were giants is because people wanted giants, in essence. In essence, people, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, which I'm getting ready to point out in Second Peter, if you want that bad long enough, God will let you have it. And turning the cities, verse 6, of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. So if you want it bad enough, eventually God will let you have it. We had a couple leave this church over that. They couldn't take that teaching, but that's that's we teach it in D2. You know, because that's what the Bible clearly says. You can see it even here, and deliver just Lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. There's a point in which God quits trying. Mercy runs out. Grace runs out. Doesn't mean our eternal life runs out, but it does mean that, that you know God is not obligated uh, to chase uh, fish that don't want to get caught. You know, I mean, he's he's not obligated. Uh, uh you know, unlike what Calvinists would would teach, you know, he's not just selecting who's going to get saved and who's not. He, he is selecting it based on their condition of their heart when they hear the gospel and receive it or reject it. But they continue to reject it. Um, uh, eventually, at some point, he stops the bleeding. And that's exactly what happens. And God is able to do that. And only God is able to do that. By the way, He's the only righteous God, the only the only God that is is just in in doing that. So when He does bring the hammer, it's just, right. And uh, and everything in between is mercy to begin with, because we don't deserve to even breathe there. So uh, having a right view of who God is is the place to start, and then you can start working out all these other details. Um, uh, from a, we've had a lot of humanism in our in our in our lifetimes in this room. And so people have this this view uh, that somehow God owes us something, and He's not compassionate. You know, if He allows some child to die in Africa, without considering all the consequences of sin that have led up to these things, you know. And so we we do need to step back and have an understanding that God is a good God. God wants all men saved. He doesn't want children to starve and die in Africa. And if he does, uh, they probably will die before the age of accountability and he'll receive them into glory. So, uh, not saying that's the way to go. It's not. But yet, God is good. And man is not. And man is the problem. And sin is the problem. And the devil is the problem. Not God. So, uh, so you'll note that while God is preparing wicked for judgment, faithful men uh, are prepared for victory. Alright? So, I got to bring this to a close, so we'll stop here before point B. But um, so while God is preparing the wicked for judgment, faithful men prepared for victory. That's worth thinking about too. Um, and so uh, in Hebrews eleven and verse seven, and I didn't actually put that in in your notes, so I'll read that. Um, the Hall of Fame of Faith, Hebrews eleven seven says. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And so uh, a guy named Steve, uh, what's his name, Uh, Steve something, he's a Calvinist. But he wrote a good book, anyway, a few years ago, about 20 years ago on this, uh, called Get in the Boat. And it was a devotional application. That's why it was a good, a good work because it basically was an, in a devotional application. Is get your family ready and get them in Christ, even though he's a Calvinist, right? So it kind of messes up all that. But anyway, so uh, but we should definitely uh, be getting our families in the boat, right? Warning in advance. Um, and so uh, Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his house, according to Hebrews eleven seven. Abraham prepared his trained servants for the saving of his family. Genesis 14, 14 one of the greatest stories in the Bible. I love that story. Um, I'm going to be, be praying for me in March. I'm going to be uh, pr- teaching at the discipleship conference in Atlanta. Uh, on training faithful men, of all things. And so, one of my favorite I'm going to use this passage in Genesis 14, 14, where Abraham takes 300 trained servants and he goes out and whips the, the armies, uh, the Confederate army uh, that comes down from Bab- you know, at that time, Babylon. It wasn't called Babylon, but uh, he whips them. I mean, he chases them all the way up to Damascus, all the way to the ocean in the Mediterranean. I mean, it's amazing uh, how, how uh, effective... Abraham's shepherd men were that worked with him. He didn't even have his promise seed yet, and uh, and so God uh, God used Abraham like that. He was prepared in a very wicked and evil time. Noah was prepared in a very evil and wicked time. Uh, God prepared Israel in the fruitful uh, in the I'm sorry. God prepared Israel in the, the fruitful furnace of Egypt, while the inhabitants of Canaan grew ever wicked to the point that God could not abide them any longer. Uh, and so while while they're degenerating, God is preparing his people. Deuteronomy 9, three. the Bible says, Understand therefore this day, that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them, and he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord hath said unto thee. Speak thou... Uh, speak not thou in thine heart after the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me into to possess this land. Boy, that's something American Christians need to understand. Um, for, But for the wickedness of these nations the Lord doth drive them out from before thee, uh, not for thy righteousness or for thy uprightness of thine heart dost thou uh, go to possess their land. But for the wickedness of these Um, nations, the Lord thy God that drive them out from before thee and that he may perform the word uh, which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So what's he saying? He's like, hey, don't get too full of yourself. You know, thinking that you're all that in a bag of chips. Uh, One of the reasons I'm giving you your inheritance is number one, I made a promise to your forefathers. And number two, these people are so wicked, they don't I'm going to get rid of them and I'm going to use you to do it. So don't get puffed up. Don't get thinking too highly of yourself, lest you fall into the same condemnation, which is exactly what happens, of course, at length by the time we get to the captivity. They were involved uh, in the same wickedness that the people they kicked out were in regard to human sacrifice and so on and so forth. And so, uh, man, would to God we'd hear the message and, and heed it. Uh because the Lord is coming soon and we need to be ready at his coming. Alright, so point B we'll pick up next time and I do have it marked and I do know where I'm at and I forgive me for being so uh you know, some day that'll be you'll get someday if i if the Lord tarries, that'll be me with Alzheimer's so you got a preview of it. And uh and uh, you got to see how dysfunctional I'll be. I didn't get very far. I'm going really slow, but I hope you guys are okay with that. I, I enjoy just. This is so contemporary to where we're at today. I just. I can't help but draw a lot of parallels. I, I need to hear it as well as you all. So um, so it's good. Uh, I'm not saying that. I always troubled me. David Jeremiah would always, at the end of his progress, Oh, amen. Praise the Lord. That's good. And I'm like, dude, you just said that. That sounds so arrogant. But what's good is the Word of God. Uh, but. I will tell you, David Jeremiah is an incredible orator, so, it's a good speaker. Alright, so let's, uh, we're gonna pray over Frosty safe. Oh no, that's, so we're gonna. <laughs> Alright, so we got how many, how many people here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's a good number. And Ron, you count as a person. You're, you're a new beginning. So, no, I he can hear all things whatsoever we said to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no one can hear better than Ron I would lay odds most of us will end up with three pieces I think we had a terrible turnout for the financial update as far as people I was surprised how little how few showed up for that Old lance was fired up all right, so here we go, oh one two sorry guys, I should have done this sooner while while I'm doing this uh any I know we need to pray for jeff Jared Amon's mom was uh Amen. 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 I say amon. I've always said amon. Sonia said no Amen. Oh, I did not know that. He should correct me. Amen. Amen. So she's uh they had this service on Friday. So I apologize I didn't get that out to the church body. Uh Atkinson, he told me Atkinson's mess I did look for it and I couldn't find it. He said Atkinson's messed up the oh bit, so that's probably why the name wasn't right. Amen. Yeah, yeah. His We still need to pray for them. His dad is in. Oh, you know what? I should have. Did I? You, you gave me an, for I got you gave me four. Okay. Do you want another one? Yeah, I'll take another one. We're going to divvy this up for Jesus. All right. Thank you. You, didn't include me, didn't you. I thought I did. I, I counted seven. Did I miscount? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, I was off. We got nine people. Fruit bearing. I, I was I miscounted. Okay. That's why. So it worked out. Because I took Sharon. She had one of the extra pieces, so that balanced us out. Who has th- two pieces? Wendy? Jamie? I got three pieces, and most of you have three pieces. we got it yeah see so you guys well you, someone's gonna draw a short straw. it's you guys, so it won't be even, so that's good all right, so based on the numbers we have that's the right the right count all right well then let we'll go ahead and break up and pray and oh next week let's let's do the plan for next week um is is that the super Bowl yes. Yes. and then the next week after that will be the the uh the, the, yeah so we won't be we'll be doing that instead and please come for that and uh, let's celebrate yeah to luke if you forget to RSVP show up anyway we'll have enough food the main thing is having people here and and uh so next week do are we doing it early like did? yes let's we'll just have a prayer time we won't have to go we don't have to go through all the the preaching so what when, when's the game next week Five o'clock all right, this would be democratic here, which is not usually how we roll, so um, so what time works for would you rather do it? Who'd rather just meet after church on Sunday? One, two, three, four, five, six. everybody except Bob, who's saying yes, <laughs> so let's just have a season of prayer, yeah, 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 we'll just meet after church Sunday and have a season of prayer uh, with the prayer pieces if we could have them ready. Um, because there's the Brian Berry's prayer meets next week after church oh, that's not, but it, it's not that long it's a short let's not interfere right. with that oh we won't we won't be interfering with it I, I don't think who's in Brian Berry's prayer team you yeah so it's always a shame. yeah the thing if we meet in here I'm afraid well the problem is me actually getting in here uh, and the people lingering, like today, they lingered in here quite some time after church. What time are you usually done out there, though? We can just set... I think if we go into the library or one of the other rooms. Yeah, like one. Let's see if we can set it up with Luke. To... Yeah, I don't think that that we'd have to wait that long. I think 12:30. Okay. You know, yeah. let's like let's like try to be in a, in the room. We'll figure out a room, yeah. and 12:30. I'm going to try to say the library. I've got another question, it's, I mean, it's a prayer thing, but. Uh, Caleb and Justin, you and I are supposed to meet for AV on the second Sunday of every month. So what moment. are you asking because I can't hear you? Uh, that's next week during the – that's right, during Super Bowl. So we'll probably want to slide that down. Uh, let's just see what we can do on, on that, uh, the AV meeting, and see when – obviously they're not going to want to do it. No, they're not. And so um, – What if we did a Zoom meeting Monday night? Um – that's the 12th? Yeah. Uh, I got a 7 o'clock meeting scheduled on the 12th Oh. Okay. up at uh, Grace Baptist. But uh, um, we could do a Zoom meeting like before that. So, I mean, that's not till 7 p.m. So 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, or 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, well, send a note out to Caleb and Jesse and see when they want to do it. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. Let's. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. We gotta work around our pagan schedules. So, Easter, and Chief Super Bowl. So, worshiping of Ashtaroth. Astaroth. Yeah. Don't offer any kids to that that beast. What time is the dinner happening? Five o'clock dinner. Six o'clock. The we got about an hour. We got an hour scheduled for dinner. Then we'll have a few songs and some presentations and uh, yeah. Yeah, it should be. Um, well, not PCO. I think it's in the bulletin, isn't it? So, yeah. You should have also gotten a letter or an invite. Did you guys get an invite to Randy's dinner? Yeah. A letter I got one to the discipleship dinner. Okay, the discipleship dinner. Did, so did Randy? Did they send it out an email to everybody? All right, I need to we need to probably
1: I know I know that,
0: I did an email about RSVP for that. Okay, for the the